Hello and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson and I'm the founder of Core Women and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Gwen Levy, who currently resides in Nashville, Tennessee, is a musical talent and songwriter. Let's get right into talking about your journey, Gwen, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for being on. So let's begin with, when did you know that you wanted to be a singer? So it happened really young for me. Um, I started singing since my mom says I came out singing um, and dancing and it was always in me. And there's a photo of me singing to the ocean when I was five. And I actually started writing little songs when I was five years old, too. Um, So it was a very quick thing for me. And I knew that I wanted to do this from a very, very young age. Gotcha. Yeah, I saw that very cute picture of you. Um, I think it was on your Facebook page where you were seeing yes. the ocean. It's so cute. My mom always posts it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. So let's talk about your EP outskirts and your inspiration for that. Yeah. So I moved to Nashville almost two years ago in June and I knew I wanted to have, a, you know, your music is your por- portfolio coming down and, I wanted to have something professional to give to people. Um, so my EP really is a sampler of a bunch of different styles um, and genres that I'm influenced by. When I moved to Nashville originally, I thought I would just be a songwriter. So I ended up writing all the songs by myself on the EP. I had it produced by two guys up in Maryland, um, Stephen Joseph Antonelli and Nate Lanzino at Song Builder Studios. And the three of us produced it and they did all the instruments on the songs. And I want to have, like I said, that sampler where there's a song that is country, a song that's pop, a song that's more rock. And before I knew that I was going to do the artist track, I wanted to have that to, you know, give to publishing companies and people that would be able to hear that I can write several different uh, genres of music. And uh, that that was basically the inspiration behind Outskirts. And if you listen. Yeah, and if you listen to the EP, you'll definitely hear those different influences and the genres. And I think it was a great first stepping stone for me and for my first EP, especially for someone who'd never co-written before coming to Nashville. Um, So my my musical style and tastes have really changed in the way I write. And you'll hear that when my new EP is released, uh, hopefully by the end of summer, um, coming up in 2019. But uh, Outskirts is like I said, a great stepping stone for that. Absolutely. So, you know, let's take a couple of steps back. So you're not from Nashville, obviously, because you made the migration to Nashville. So where yeah. did you come from? Where did your journey begin? Tell us a little bit about that, Gwen. So I grew up 10 minutes outside of D.C. in Alexandria, Virginia, so the northern Virginia area, um, where the traffic is just as bad, maybe even worse than it is here. <laughs> um, but it's- that's a great uh, place to grow up because I grew up 
uh, going to the most diverse high school in the country. I went to Annandale High School, and I was exposed to many different cultures and languages and different, you know, styles of people and really genres of music growing up. And I think that really influenced me. And the fact that my parents aren't musical at all, but they have a great deep appreciation for music. My mom and dad, they would take uh, speakers when I was young, like headphone speakers, and put them on my mom's belly when Aww. she was young and listen, you know, when I was in her belly. And um, even though, like I said, my parents don't do music, they have a great appreciation and they're always playing. I mean, I can I can name two albums that was that were always on repeat. Nora Jones, uh, <laughs> Come Away With That Album. Love that song. Really especially vocally. Um, and then Tom Petty, his Highway Companion album was always on. And then there was another one, Neil Young's, uh, um, what's it called? The one that has Heart of Gold on it. I remember, okay. oh, After the Gold, that album. Gotcha. That, those three, I remember being the soundtrack of my childhood. So, wow. uh, that tells you something. Yeah. Um, so, growing up, having those influences really helped out. And like I said, being from that diverse area was just, really unique I think because I don't think a lot of people get that experience and are exposed to that many cultures and different genres of music. Absolutely that's so true so you you grew up there you went to college is that correct? Yes I went to Mary Washington which is probably about 45 minutes outside of DC in Virginia and uh, I did I majored in theater and I did music courses and then I minored in arts administration. So actually, originally, I was like, maybe I will end up in New York City because I have a lot of family there. And I love the diversity of New York City. And it's just exciting. But someone told me I have I had I knew one person when I moved here. Her name was Lexi Hayden. And she's from the same area I am. And we did a show at Jam and Java in Vienna, Virginia, when we were in high school. Right. And she moved to Nashville. So I ended up visiting her here just I think it was my last semester of college. I was planning to move to New York City and move, and that visit really just changed my perspective. And all my friends in New York City who are songwriters said to come to Nashville. They said it was like the great exodus, basically, of songwriters to Nashville from New York City and from other places. And um, I really made the right decision because the opportunities here, especially for songwriters and musicians, is unlike any other I've ever experienced and probably will ever experience anywhere. Um, especially my mom is a visual artist and she says it's so amazing that there is a place for just songwriters. There's no city that's just for visual artists. You know, like there's just, right. it's meant that. And that's what's so amazing about it. And I remember the first time I ever wrote with someone, it was a co-write that this girl that was waiting on me at the Listening Room Cafe and everyone's a songwriter, right? So I was like, oh, are you a songwriter? She's like, yes, I am. And mm -hmm. we connected and I got her number and we just ended up writing. And that's how it all starts. It's just you get here, you write with as many people as you can, and you network that way. And it's just so easy to network in this town because everyone is willing to help you out. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. That is so awesome. So, you know, that, that sounds like a bit of an evolution. And where did you... Where did you get the courage to just get up and move? Yeah, so I have kind of a unique story when I moved. I was with my college sweetheart for three years, and he was supposed to move here with me. And 
Two days before we were supposed to move, we had the U-Haul packed up and a lease down in Germantown. We ended up breaking up. And you can call me crazy or you can call me brave, but I ended up moving here anyway that same week. And I think all that changed, you know, breaking up with someone who was my rock for so long and then moving here to this brand new city, only knowing one person was exactly the kind of change I needed and the growth I needed to be able to evolve into the person I am today. Right. And I did so much in my first five months here, then I, I couldn't even tell you who I was when I first moved here. I, I feel like I've just made this drastic change. And um, now I feel like, you know, when you first get here, you get overwhelmed by all the talent and you want to figure out your own place here. And I remember it being very, very lonely when I first moved here because I lived all the way out in Antioch thinking when I moved here, it was cheap. So I was like, Oh, it's Nashville, but it's, it's really 25 minutes outside of Nashville. Right. So I was commuting in and I lived with a couple of roommates that are, that were awesome people, but they weren't really home. So I went through a very lonely stage in my life, but connecting with people, songwriting, going out and meeting people, that really saved me. And now I feel like I'm established here and I have a place here. And it, it really takes, I feel like it takes a year, like, you know, even longer to really get settled in right. any place. I just, I wouldn't change that experience for anything. Oh, absolutely not. It sounds like it was such an enriching experience and it each experience brings you to more insight about yourself, it sounds like. And, um, and that happens for a lot of people. And I was going to go back and say that, as you said, it takes a year and clinically, you know, I am a, a psychologist. So yes. it, does take, <laughs> it does take people anywhere from three to six months, up to a year to transition and feel comfortable in a new place. So that's not uncommon. I did a songwriting retreat with Judy Stakey and Judy Stakey is a music publisher where she was the head of one of the heads of um, Warner Chapel music for 25 years. And now she picks and chooses the next generation of songwriters. And I was lucky enough to be chosen for one of her writers retreats um, in 2017. And she said, songwriting is a lot like dating where you end up doing this. When you first start out, you're writing without anyone you can. And then slowly you find your people and, that's kind of what's happened for me. And like I said, as, as much as it took, as long as it took me to settle, that's how long it took me to find my core group of writers as well. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm glad you found it. And I'm, I'm sure that, you know, your pool of folks that you're going to be working with is just going to grow and grow and grow, you know, so that's exciting. Well, absolutely. You know, and, and it's so amazing. Yes, how many different genres of music are represented in Nashville? And I love what you said about there's nowhere like Nashville in regards to your, your mom's an artist of a different kind. And, and there's no place for just those type of artists. And yet there is a place for singers and songwriters, which is Nashville. It is a thriving city. You know, it's a Mecca for that, which is amazing. So let me take you back a little bit again and ask you, because you kind of tapped into that in regards to who you're influenced by, um, the artists that you're influenced and inspired by. Can you tell us a bit more about those artists and, and how they've impacted your life as a, as a singer and as a songwriter? Absolutely. I am influenced by, like I said, lots and lots of different artists, um, lots of different genres. Um, but since moving to Nashville, I really feel like I've found my sound. And that's something that Honestly, some artists never get to do, especially since I moved here just thinking I'd be a songwriter and then 
my team kind of discovered me and was like, we think you should be an artist and we think you should be an Americana artist. And Americana is a genre that has Brandy Carlisle, Jason Isbell, um, this Casey Musgraves really would be considered an Americana artist now because she's influenced by so many different genres of music. And I grew up also listening to 70s rock, and my dad was a huge 70s rock guy. My mom, too, had an appreciation for Tom Petty and Neil Young. And I am also very much influenced by those artists, an, a band and an artist that I really uh, kind of just really feel like I relate to. I hear their music, and I'm just like, wow, I... In my own music, I, I can hear this, their genres or their, their style being emulated. It's Fleetwood Mac. Uh, Stevie Nicks is someone that I really look up to. Oh, she's um, phenomenal. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, vocally, she's just so unique. And I've had a lot of people tell me that my voice is similar to Stevie Nicks, but it's unique in its own way. Um, and I think what happens with a lot of artists, songwriters in Nashville is everyone's trying to sound like the next person right next to them, you know, and right. something that I, that I really am trying to do is have my own sound. And I'm lucky enough to do that now because I feel like I found my sound through my team and through the people that I've written with over the past couple of years. And the Fleetwood Mac harmonies too, I think is just something that needs to come back. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, we just started a band called uh, Gwen Levy and the Breakdown. And I have some amazing numbers in that. And, you know, they're, we're trying to bring back that three-part harmony on the songs, and it's a very Americana thing to have harmonies, and, you know, right. um, it's more of a stripped-back uh, sound, but right. you still have those these rock elements. So it's just, it's just a combination of a bunch of exciting genres, and that's why I love Americana. And uh, I think what was something that we were talking about earlier was the Grammy Awards, and I feel like Brandy Carlisle really put Americana music on the map, especially since, I mean, in my opinion, she had the best performance of the night and just blew everyone oh, out of the water. She was um, phenomenal. Just right. and then, phenomenal. Right. And especially for women, um, this is kind of going off on a different tangent, but um, a smart business choice for a woman would probably, probably be to go into the Americana route just because, um, country music right now isn't exactly favoring women as much, even though there's so many amazing country artists that are female that have a voice and have amazing songs, but they're just not getting played. But Americana stations are really trying to push females. Um, even though it is so hard, it's a little bit easier to break into than if you're trying to break into mainstream country as a female. Right. Well, good points. All very good points. And, and you would know because you're living the life and you're seeing what's going on in Nashville. And, and I don't think the listeners know this, but I'm going to Nashville in April, late April. And I'm so excited because I'll be talking to you and uh, along with different artists and um, music writers about their experiences and your female experiences in the music industry, number one, but also in Nashville. So thank you for giving me a little insight about the area and about Americana and about your insight, because I think that's so important. And I think it's important for young listeners who are kind of thinking about, you know, what's their next step? Where right. are they going to go? And that they could potentially find a home in Nashville. You know, you, sometimes you just got to take the chance, right? So. Absolutely. And especially for females, I mean, I think it is 
very discouraging for women to see that there is there are three female country musicians on the radio versus you know however many men um and the list goes on and on and i think the fact that the grammys honored females so strongly this year and that casey musgraves won album of the year over drake and so many amazing right. artists you know, i just i remember i i got emotional and i don't i'm not someone that usually cries you know I, uh, but i i cried when she won because it meant so much for females and She's, you know, they consider a country Americana artist, and she got no radio play on mainstream country, and she won Best Country Album of the Year and Album of the Year. And, and so this so thing that I want to talk further about, you know, when we meet up in April, because I think that needs to be heard, and we need to understand maybe why that's going on, or, you know, how that can change, and how women can, you know, lift each other up in the industry. Absolutely, and they have a they have an event down here called CMT Next Women of Country, and I think it's headed by Leslie Fram, who's the head of CMT, and I think they're really trying to push females. But like I said, there are certain people that run the you know the playlists on Spotify for country and Americana, and um, obviously the radio stations too. And then they we just. You know, I think uh, one time I had a friend reach out to one of the radio stations, I think it was a radio station in Canada, asking why in one hour she didn't hear a single female country artist played. And she called them, was like, hey, like, do you know why you're not playing any females? They're like, well, they just, no one wants to hear females. Like, they just don't do as well as, as male songs. And what's crazy is that the market for country music is mainly female. And it's over 50% females. And you would think that females would want to hear other females and their stories. So right. it's just a predicament. And I don't think anyone really knows yet how to solve it. But, I mean, there's an easy fix. It's just can radio stations start and the Spotify playlist start playing more um, females. But how do you get them to do that is the question. Exactly. And so I think that's definitely a discussion that we need to have down the road because um, something needs to change. You know, things need to change with the times and, and we need to show more of a, a strong front for women in all different areas and professions. So can you tell the listeners, you know, who you signed with and how this has shifted your career? Yeah, so I don't have a late uh, a record deal. I have a development deal. It's a gotcha. little bit different where they develop you to in order to get a record deal. Um, and I signed with a company called Go Long Entertainment, and they're in association with Cobalt Music and AWOL, A-W-A-L. Um, and I would not be where I am today if I hadn't signed with them. Like, I can guarantee it would probably have taken me twice as long to be where I am because they've written with me. Um, they've helped me find my sound. Uh, the two people I write with on the creative side of Go Long Entertainment are Will Rambo and Sheree Austin. And Will, I mean, he, he got, his whole career started with Roy Orbison. He okay. gave him a start. Uh -huh. And uh, Will wrote Faith Hill's first number one. I mean, and Sheree has wow. number ones in her book well. Um, and we're just, they had their own established careers before that as well. I mean, she, when she was younger, was opening for Johnny Cash on tour. Um, so mm -hmm. these are two people that are in the business. And 
want to discover talent and, you know, develop them in order to get them on track, especially since music has changed, the business has changed so much, and I've learned so much through them, and they're just, they're my team, they're trying to help me take shortcuts and not make the same mistakes that they did, you know, Jeff Davis is our CEO, and he has an incredible uh, career, he used to work at Interscope Records, um, and, and there's another man as well who does the business side of everything, uh, Doug Spiron, but um, all the four of them together, like, I, I'm i so grateful for them, um, and just the fact that they believe in me, and, you know, they're helping me do my EP, and they're going to help get it out there, and um, I just, I've never, I, I obviously have found people in Nashville that I've written with that understand me and, like, what I'm going for, but I, in a way, they've helped me understand what I want to say as the artist. I've always been an artist and known what I want to say as a songwriter, but what does Gwen Lovey want to say as the artist, the one singing, you know what I mean? Sure. So they really helped me with that, and every write, we're writing for me, you know, and that's different than going into a write at a publishing company and, all right, we're writing a country pop song today, or we're writing a pop song today, you know, so it's like you're writing really for yourself, and it's really you figure out, in your preparation to go into the write, you figure out what you want to say, and um it's just they've helped me with so much <laughs> i could well, go on and on about it and and this is the thing you know they're bringing their wisdom forward and they're giving you that wisdom and also helping you create and find out who in fact you are in a way and how you want to represent yourself the conclusions that we've all made about my branding everything you know glenn loving the breakdown all this all these different things i wouldn't have thought of really just by myself, you know, maybe I would have come to that conclusion later on, but like I said, they're just, they get it, they get right. what I want to do, and the fact, of course, that they have so much success and believe in me the way they do also is encouraging, and I think when I first went to Nashville, like I said, I was not discouraged, but I was really overwhelmed by all the talent here, and I, I just wanted to be a songwriter because I was like, oh, well, there's so many people trying to be an artist, like, what makes me any better, you know what I mean, and right. uh, I just I always had a lot to say, but I needed people to be like, yes, you have the talent, you have the drive, you have what it takes to do this. And it's just nice to have people that believe in you in that way. Because um, when I first moved here, I was not as confident for sure about what I could bring to the table. Well, it, it certainly can be intimidating. I mean, there are a lot of people out there and, you know, you can do a comparison of like New York, New York it's a big place and you're, 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 you go there to make it. Well, the same goes for Nashville. You're going there to make it and create something for yourself, but it's important that you get connected with the right people so that either they're driving your life or you get to drive your life. And basically this sounds like a collaboration where together you're strategizing and coming up with What's going to work well for you and who are you and what do you want to put out and what do you want to create? And that's fantastic. Right. Yeah. And um, just they, they incorporate all my influences and just they, it's what I want to say. And that's so rare, you know, for oh, yeah. usually, it's, oh, you have to say this, you have to do this. You know, I mean, they do do that, but they're not because also they said, because I'm Americana, it's a little bit more loose in the fact that, you're not trying to do mainstream country. Like if you cross over to that, fantastic. But 
the fact that you can be a little freer, like, I mean, Cheryl Crow is a huge influence for me, and the way she writes her lyrics, it's freeform. I mean, some of it doesn't even really make sense, but it's just, it works with the melody and the story, and um, I have a song called Gypsy Soul, and I remember listening to a Van Morrison song called Into the Mystic, and in that song, he says, I want to rock your gypsy soul, and I thought, how cool would it be to respond to that as a female? And so I sat down with Lil and Shree and brought in the idea, and they're like, this is great, and we ended up kind of we were for some reason listening to a Cheryl Crow song and we wrote it kind of freeform like that and the way the verses are set up right. and it makes the song because the melody is catchy and the hook is catchy and the story makes sense but because it's not so literal it's kind of it's really a testament to not only Cheryl Crow but the 70s you know they wrote like that they didn't have to be so literal in their songwriting which I have a great appreciation for Nashville songwriters because it is a formula and there is this organic thing way that they have to line up like say for instance the first line of a song has to relate to the hook like okay. when you open the song it has to relate to the hook well you write like the 70s you listen to them you listen to artists like Tom Petty and Fleetwood Mac and it's kind of just a little bit looser and there's no it was more about the feeling of the song the lyrics are very important but definitely I think melody kind of trumped a lot of the lyrics in those songs right and it sounds like too that you know in the 70s things were changing we were we were shifting from the the 60s to the 70s and we were becoming more free in many different ways and being able to you know discover who we were and and yada 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 and so the way that i look at it and the way that you explain it too there is a parallel between psychoanalytical theory and Freud because he yeah. did a lot of free association. So you'd lay down on the couch and you just start, you know, spitting out words. The patient would start spitting out words because he said, don't think, just, just throw the words out there. And so that's what they were doing. And even though that may not make sense to initially to the listener, it is, it is a form of you have the right to interpret how you feel about the song. I feel like there's, just this mass production of songs, just trying to get, you know, the same hook, the same melody out there and the same four chords, you know, the exactly. originality, because people are so afraid to leave the box of what they're writing in, especially in Nashville, I feel like people are trying to write the same song over and over again. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of amazing original songs coming out of Nashville, but a lot of the mainstream songs are put in a box, you know, because right. that's what that's what people know that's apparently what all people want to hear but I, I think there is a huge huge market for what's happening now and I think Americana is kind of like the outlaw um, country you know what that was before yeah. um, like Austin and Waylon Jennings you know oh, it's, just, it's yeah. just back the mainstream kind of bro country radio um, and it's just this combination of all these genres that make American music, American music, and that's why it's called Americana. And the number one Americana station in the country is WMOT Roots Radio, which is based out of Murfreesboro, which is 45 minutes outside of Nashville. And they do amazing things, and they have amazing artists. And, I mean, they were playing Casey Musgraves' album when mainstream country wasn't, and look, in one album of the year, you know? Right. So um, yeah. I think Americana really onto something and the people behind it, um, like Music City Roots, 
all these amazing organizations that are trying to push Americana music and kind of bring country music and, you know, a lot of different mainstream music back to kind of what it was. Absolutely. And I think that she, um, Casey Musgraves, she embodies what she sings. And I think that's really important is that the music also has to come from a really important place or a, a place where you're feeling it. And I think yeah. that Americana will, you know, in your, in your situation, will definitely allow you to do that because I know that what you're saying and I, I, I relate to what you're talking about in relation to there's got to be, there's a formula for these songs and that goes with an essay. So you write five chapters, you have an intro paragraph, you have a, a closing paragraph, you've got three substantive a paragraph so you've got an essay there with five paragraphs and and that's what they look at for songs and they look at for books but sometimes you've got to like cut the mold you know you've got to break out of that mold and you know that's kind of what may get you noticed and also allow you to be who you are yes especially if you're an artist even if you're an, if you're a songwriter if you don't believe what you're writing that's really hard I mean I, I remember when I was my first year in Nashville is writing with anyone and everyone, you know, just that's what you have to do when you get here, especially when you don't know anyone. Um, and your, your family doesn't own a publishing company and you know, right. no one knows who you are. Right. Um, so when you get here, you have to do that. And I was writing things. I was like, what? Like, you know, just <laughs> things I didn't believe, but Hey, it was catchy. And, you know, artists were cutting the songs, but it wasn't what I believed. And then I kind of took a step back and um, started writing with Cobalt, you know, Go Long. And then, you know, they decided they wanted to sign me to a development deal as an artist, Amer their first Americana artist. And I was like, I'm not writing. I don't need to write that stuff anymore. You know, I, right. I, can, I can write those songs because I, I do really have an appreciation for people that can write all those number one songs. But um it was really, now it's more about what does Gwen Levy want to say? And uh, that's what Casey Musgraves did. I mean, her label really didn't want her. They've always kind of been fighting with her. Like, I, I really keep up with her because I admire her so much. Um, but I remember in a few interviews, for every album, they fought her on something she said. Every single album she's put out. And this album especially, people were really just originally against her doing this. Because it's like space country music, whatever that is, you know. And um it's so different and hey she was like well I'm the one who has to live with it and sleep with it at the end of the night you know and um even Maren Morris is someone I look up to and her first album she said she lost sleep over the fact was the album country enough and she has R&B influences and pop influences on the album you know as well as country and that's what made her different you know is that she incorporated a bunch of those different genres so I think it's something that everyone should try to do as long as it speaks to them. You know, it's not, if you want to write mainstream country music and right. do the whole formula for the rest of your life and four chords, that is totally fine. You know, it's, as long as it's something that you believe in um, and you're not kind of losing who you are as, as the artist, as the songwriter. Right. No, I fully agree with you. I think that the more you retain who you are brings forth more listeners and they want to hear what you have to say because there's an authenticity about it and people can see that and they can smell that from a mile away. People are all very supportive, but you know, behind closed doors, people talk, you know, so right. um, 
it's 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 great. It's a small town, which is amazing because everyone knows everyone. But at the end of the day, sometimes it can be kind of tough that everybody knows everybody. You know. <laughs> right. So, so, which which leads me to my next question for you, Gwen. What has been the biggest challenge for you thus far in your journey? Finding my confidence again and becoming an artist and figuring out what my sound was because I'm influenced by so many different things and it's always been about how do I figure out what my music's supposed to sound like? And it's been a really hard journey because it's, it's your identity. It's basically figuring, figuring out your identity. And I was never country pop moving here, even though um, when I moved here, I met with another person who does artist development who really wanted to work with me and sign me. Um, and they were saying, you should, you need to do country pop. Like that is how you're going to break through. Um, you have a cool look, but you know, because I'm brunette, I'm not a lot of country, you know, yeah. these are the discussions as, you know, a lot of females have blonde hair in country music and all, all this silly stuff, you know, but this is stuff that actually, you know, apparently matters with your look and your branding. And they're like, you have a unique look, you have this cool voice that you just need to put a little twang to it. That's what people would say, or this, this person was saying. And um, this is a very successful person in the industry who had developed a lot of people. Um, and I mean, I ended up learning a lot of different things about different artists that did do this and did change who they were just to break through. And um, it was really discouraging. And I, uh, I really went not through, I didn't go through an identity crisis, but I went through a kind of an artist identity crisis. Cause I was like, what do I, what do I do? You know, where do, what Avenue, how do I break through? And there's so many different people telling me different things. And it wasn't until, I met Jeff and Sheree and Will over at Go Long that they were like, you don't need to change a thing. We're just going to help you figure out your, your brand because we love what you do already and what you have to say. And the first day I got in the writer's room with them, it was magic. We wrote this song called Heart Half Full. Um, and at that point, I'd never written a song that was so me. And I think that that was the hardest thing about the journey coming here and just figuring out who I am that that was definitely the hardest part of the journey for me gotcha. well and I bet writing that song with your team was just so moving I bet that just moved you because you're you're it was kind of like yes I'm coming into my own and wow this is like those first steps yeah and I, I got goosebumps when writing the song and I mean I don't know I, I probably that had to happen maybe once before doing that, you right. know, and I, you know, it was like a, it's probably a year into being in Nashville. Yeah, it was a year into being in Nashville when I first started writing with them. Because um, I'd met them early on when I first moved here. And, gotcha. You know, introduced them, but I, I was so new to town, you know, right. and then finally, I remember I kind of took a, took the plunge and sent um, Jeff my EP, Outskirts, and they only work with, I think they only work with like 10 artists at a time. And I was kind of like, oh, there's nothing going to come of this. And then I heard back from him that day and he's like, let's, let's go on a phone call. Um, that's some advice I have for people is put yourself out there. Like really put yourself out there when you're ready. You know, it's like, don't do it too early. But like when you're ready to, when you have this feeling that you're ready to put yourself out there and go for something, just, just do it. Introduce yourself to everyone and anyone you can. Um, and that way, 
you know, you're networking and you're building your network and people know who you are because this town is small enough that eventually someone's going to hear you and tell someone else and it'll get around, you know? Right. And, and that's, that leads me to my last question, Gwen. If you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? So my biggest lesson and biggest advice, make sure the song is ready and that it's the best it can be. Um, I have a song called All the Weed I Need, <laughs> and that song has been edited maybe five different times, and it's over, like, months and months, and it's finally to the point where it's ready to be recorded, and we're going in in April to record that song along with two others. Um, but if I hadn't edited that song and gone out to writer's rounds, played it out, and then tweaked it, then it wouldn't get the reaction that it does now. Um, when I play it out, people think it's hilarious. And it's, it's Casey Musgraves meets Marin Morris, kind of meets Mary Chapin Carpenter. Oh, wow. Um, that's complex I, right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's, that's like why it's so hard to figure out what my sound is because I'm influenced by all these different people. But that song definitely, um, I, it's from the heart. <laughs> right. And that's a good thing, you know, that the thing that the song is complex because then it draws in a lot of different people. It's like looking at a piece of art. And if you draw in a, a large crowd and they all get to look at that piece of art, like your, like your music, they all have a different interpretation and that'll resound with a lot of people. Right. And I remember I played it out and someone who was fr is friends with Casey Musgraves heard it and was like, that would be a great song. You know, that, that's just ama an amazing song. It needs to be heard. And just like I said, having, and there, there's some, you know, it's, the song could offend some people, but that's, it's your truth as long as you're speaking your truth. So, um, Casey Musgraves, her first album, she has a song called Merry Go Round. And Merry Go Round is, you know, could offend certain people, like a certain demographic of people. But she's like, if there's one song that I wanted to put out into the world, this is the song. And she told her label that. And her label was like, all right, we'll make it the single. And it went number one, you know. Right. Um, so I think not being afraid to tell your truth, making, making sure the song is the best it can be, and then I would just definitely say when you get to town and you're a songwriter or you're an artist, just write with as many people as you can. Don't be afraid to go up to someone and be like, hey, my name is, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. And introducing yourself and being kind and going to writer's round, supporting other people. People will notice when you support other people and then they're more likely to support you as well. Um, also, I hate to say it, but social media is a huge part of this business. And um, if you're on social media, make sure you're like liking artists that you feel like are similar to you and just following everyone in Nashville because people will know who you are by that. And I met a lot of people like through Instagram. <laughs> right. I had a lot of co-writers by reaching out to people and being like, hey, I love your stuff. Um, and they've responded to me. I know uh, there is an amazing, amazing songwriter and producer named Forrest Glenn Whitehead. And he it was originally signed with Black River and now he's at Big Loud um, Music. And he produced Kelsey Ballerini's first two albums and wrote her number ones. And I remember he started following me back and I reached out to him. I was like, this is interesting because he was liking my post. And I was like, hey, uh, how are you doing? I just want to introduce myself. I noticed you're following me. 
and then we got coffee so we've gotten coffee coffee a few times and we stay in touch but if I hadn't reached out to him and just made that connection because I was in tune with what was going on on my social media I probably would have never made that connection right and I think your words of wisdom are spot on. I especially think that being able to reach out and put yourself out there is really important as well as social media, because like you, I've also met quite a few people on Instagram and, right. and these are the folks that actually are on my podcast that are, that are in my films that, you know, yeah. talk about strategy and their journeys and they impact others lives and your story is important. So thank you, Gwen, so much for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you for having me. And again, I just want to say it's amazing what you're doing for women and women need a platform and to be heard. And uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. If you'd like to know more about Gwen Levy, please follow her on Facebook and Instagram. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infocorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about core women in your social media posts, please hashtag core women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about core women. And please stay tuned for continued growth of the core women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.